Welcome to the American Truck Driver Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Polk, and you're listening to a special series called Dissecting a Decade, my journey of growth and understanding my value in the trucking industry. The 10 episodes in this series will cover the years 2008 to 2018 and will describe for you the ideas, plans, and decisions I made that led to success, failure, and restoration. The story of my decade begins in 2008. I was uh, working in the beginning of the year for Schneider, and I was working on a dedicated account. And I had been looking in late 2007 to try to find a local job. We were living in Columbus, Ohio, and uh, we had one child. My little girl was uh, almost two, and I felt that need to be home more and not be gone as much. And so I had found a company to work for in Columbus, uh, done some networking with people that I went to church with, and I found out about this company. And uh, it was a small outfit, smallest company I'd ever worked for. They had uh, 25 or 30 trucks. And uh, so I went and interviewed, and uh, the guy basically hired me on the spot. And, uh, you know, I was still probably working as much, but I had um, what I perceived at the time to be a better uh, income. And so what I did was Sunday evening, I would leave and I would haul air freight out to uh, D.C. or Baltimore. And uh, then and that air freight had a load coming back to Columbus. And then I would do another turn in the middle of the week that would just be either some customer freight that we had or something off the broker board. And then my third round of the week would be another uh, round of air freight uh, that would take me out uh, on Friday uh, and back and what was different about this job um, at that time uh, you know very small outfit so you know there were no Qualcomm's no satellite dispatch it was just uh, you know they would hand you uh, the rate confirmation and they would black out with a marker the actual rate uh, but it had all the important information that you needed to know about the load and I, I didn't know what a rate confirmation was and basically that's just the uh, contract agreement between a broker and a carrier that outlines the rate the information about the shipper and receiver times dates phone numbers that kind of stuff and even though they had used a black marker to cover up the rate I could still see it and um, you know, they said, "Well, you know, don't don't show this to anybody. This is, you know, proprietary information." And I was like, "Okay." So I would keep the rate, and then I would turn it back in with my paperwork. But that was the first time that I ever got to see what rates actually were. And I started doing the math on the amount of freight uh, or the amount of rates. Uh, that my truck was generating in a week and it was it was significant Um, this was just prior to the big financial crash and I I never wrote any of this down so I'm going from memory but I know that it was somewhere in the eight to ten thousand dollars per week and most of that money came from that air freight 
and I thought, wow, that's, you know, so I was buying fuel, you know, I didn't know what any discounts they were getting for the fuel, but I just went off of what I was seeing at the pump and I was doing the math and I'm thinking, okay, well, maybe all this stuff that I've always heard about, you know, someone not being able to make it as an owner operator, maybe that's not true because I mean, this company has 25 or 30 trucks. They're making it somehow, you know, they're just a really big version of an owner operator. And uh, the man that ran that company, his name was Brent, I've mentioned him in other shows, uh, was a really important figure in my life at that time because he would answer questions. And he had a little different vocabulary. You know, he talked about, you know, capitalizing things and uh, volume and capacity. And he kind of used these words that I'd never heard before. But he was always very kind, and he would always answer questions that I had. And that became really important later um, through that year and into the next as the economy started to turn um, and, the you know, we saw the financial crash come. Uh, but I remember one time we had these, uh, I believe it was a Christmas 2008. Yes, that would have been right. But Christmas 2008 because 08 was an election year. And uh, they would have a, a little get-together, and they gave away prizes and televisions and gift cards. And, and, uh, and Brent got up in front of us, and he said, well, you know, there's been an election. Um, the, uh, uh, you know, the Republicans did have the White House, and now the Democrats have it. And, uh, you know, that, that could lead to some changes because generally things change a little bit from one administration to the next. Uh, but he wasn't really bashing one party over another. He just said that there's differences and some things will change. Um, and so as 2008 came to a close, I, I realized now that we were starting to see the signs that the crash was coming. Now, no one was really talking about that uh, except for Ron Paul. If you go back and look now at things that Ron Paul was saying in 2008, pretty much all of them came true. But none of the mainstream media, uh, no one was really talking about that. But I think Brent knew. I think he was plugged enough into the business um, and the industry, and, and he could see trends and, and knew what was happening. And they were trying to make changes to grow their business. But 2008 was important because... I, I got new knowledge that I'd never had before. And over the last 10 years, almost 11 now, I am seeing that access to information, uh, you know, and remember 2008, um, you know, the iPhone had been out about a year, um, but people were just, just starting to use smartphones. I didn't get my first smartphone until 2009. <clears throat> and so, you know, most people were still using flip phones. Um, Facebook was relatively new. People were still on MySpace. Twitter was relatively new. And so there was these new emerging technologies and ways to communicate that were coming online and, and not being used by a majority of people. Um, but... It was so important at that time for me to have access to this information and begin to understand things um, from a different perspective. 
uh, instead of just being a driver and here's what I get paid per mile and this is how many miles I can run and you know that's my paycheck and um, that's where the first uh, you know that's that's where the fire began you know I, my interest in in learning about this industry and how it works from small companies to big companies contracts and rates and the curiosity really began to grow for me in 2008 um, as the year came to a close um, I was starting to try to read some books and see um, if, if you know if, if I could kind of verify but at that time you know I personally listened to a lot of talk radio and that was kind of unfortunate because um, regardless if you're listening to talk radio from the left or from the right they're they're giving you one side and the things that would happen over the next year to 18 months um, as far as my political views were concerned um, would really begin to change in a big way um, as I saw how people were responding to a different administration and the, the policies and things that they thought were good and thought were bad. But 2008 was, was when it all began. Uh, and in the next episode, we will go into 2009 and talk about the uh, issues and things that happened there that would begin to prepare me for the next steps. I hope you've enjoyed this look at the decade that made me. Be sure to tune in again next week for the next installment of the series. If you have any questions, you can email me at anamericantruckdriver at gmail.com. You can also find me on social media, facebook.com slash anamericantruckdriver, twitter.com slash chrispolk76, and on Instagram at anamericantruckdriver.